On today's episode, I'm joined by an investigative journalist whose work has appeared in major publications like the New York Times, BBC, and 60 Minutes. He has drawn groundbreaking parallels from powerful conspiracies ranging from the First World Wars to reptilians to prosperity scams and contemporary myths that continue to plague humanity. He's also the author of the brand new book, The Storm Is Upon Us. You're gonna wanna brace yourselves for this one, guys. So without further ado, here is my conversation with author Mike Rothschild, and this is Uncovering the Truth. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, thanks for inviting me. Let's just get right into it. All right. I was looking at a statistic actually before we spoke from the Public Religious Research Institute, Mm -hmm. and they said 22% of Americans believe a storm is coming. 18% believe violence is necessary to save the country, and 16% believe the media and finance is controlled by satanic worshiping pedophiles. So I think some people may laugh this off, but I interpret this as something very serious and dangerous in our country. And I'm just curious, you know, the title of your book is The Storm is Upon Us. So what, what is the storm exactly? Sure. So uh, those numbers sound exactly in line with everything that I've read and everything I've experienced. The the number of people who have a uh, barely hidden bloodlust to murder their neighbor for uh, wanting to know their pronouns or um, voting for Joe Biden is is disturbing. And a, a lot of these people really believe that there is an organized cabal that controls media, finance, government. Now that's that's not new. But what is new is this idea of uh, kind of taking it back, of fighting back against it. And that's where the concept of the storm comes in. So the, the idea of the storm came first from a very bizarre remark that Donald Trump made in early October of 2017. He was standing in the, I think, the East, the East Room of the White House with a bunch of uniformed military officers and their spouses. And the cameras are kind of clicking away. And he says, you know what this represents? No, tell us, Mr. President. Uh, this could be the calm before the storm, could be, could be the calm before the storm. And of course, everybody's like, what is the storm? What is he talking about? Why would a bunch of military officers be gathering and having dinner with the president be the calm before the storm? Nobody knows what that means. Even Trump doesn't know what it means. He gets asked the next day, he's like, oh, you'll find out, you'll find out. Clearly, this is just things he's saying. But there's a group of people on 4chan who decides that this is part of a game that they can play. And there's this long tradition on 4chan of pretending to be uh, an an important person. So there's high level insider Anon, there's White House Anon, there's FBI Anon. And so they come up with this idea of a military intelligence team called Q that is preparing Americans for the storm. And the storm is going to be the mass arrest of this cabal. The, you know, the globalist super government that's been running everything for the past 6,000 years. And Donald Trump is finally going to be the one to take it down. And you'll know it's happening because the president is going to tweet, my fellow Americans, the storm is upon us. And then there will be mass arrests and great upheaval and riots. But then everything's going to be great at the end. It's going to be utopia. You're going to have free energy, free cures for cancer. Everything's going to be awesome. We just have to kill a bunch of people. So that's what the storm is. We're going to kill all the bad people who have escaped justice, and then we're going to live in paradise. 
Well, that, 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 that sounds to me a bit, a bit like the final solution from 1930, right? The purification. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, and let me really push back on just not push back, but, but ask you about for, for those who don't know it, you know, including myself, what is 4chan? And I was reading about oh, sure. eight, eight chan. What, sure. what is this? Sure. So one of the things with, with this book is that I didn't want to assume that people knew anything about any of this, because ideally no one should know anything about this. But unfortunately, you kind of have to. 4chan mm-hmm. is an image board that was started by this 15-year-old kid who wanted a place to basically post pictures of anime. And it turned into this sort of cultural meeting point for outsiders. So, you know, for lack of a better term, weirdo kids who liked anime and didn't have a lot of friends, but were really good at the internet could connect and share this stuff. And it quickly turned into a place where sort of memes were created and urban legends were created. So something like the uh, Slender Man that started off as a 4chan thing. Rick Rolling started off as a 4chan thing. And you're thinking, well, that's okay. I mean, nobody's getting murdered over Rick Rolling, but there is a part of 4chan that is extremely toxic. Uh, in particular, a board called Pol, P-O-L. Uh, don't don't go there. Not not worth your time. But this is a place where a lot of anti-Semitic memes and conspiracy theories and harassment were generated. This is the place where GamerGate started. So 4chan was the sort of the birthplace of QAnon. Uh, it had been where these other Anon accounts had posted, some of them for just a couple of days or for a week. Q showed up on Pol in late October of 2017 claiming that Hillary Clinton was about to be arrested. And uh, that's the claim that really made this stand out from these other accounts. But for a while, this was just some more anonymous posting on a place where you could pretend to be anything and people would just go with it. Wow, and so it, it started, and I didn't know that it was in 2017 when the yeah. talks about the storm, I only heard about this in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, so to me, it seems, I guess I'm having trouble swallowing that this entire movement was started just on the premise of trying to get Trump elected. Is there more to it? Because, you know, they, they go after the medical industry, they go Mm -hmm. after big pharma, they go after, well, they go after election integrity and they go after other religions. Um, And they, and they, including, I know celebrities as well, like Paul Walker, the actor, you've, you've been talking about him. I thought that we'll get into that maybe later, but (laughs) Is this all a, for a political movement? And if so, are you telling me that just some some people in their basements began a conspiracy that has now engulfed uh, a fifth of the American population? Well, it's a, it's more complicated than that. So with, with something like QAnon, um, it exists to pretend that Donald Trump is going to do the things that he said he was going to do. So the, the people who are on 4chan, they're not uh, they're not like policy wonks. They're, these are not people debating like tax policy <laughs> and like cap and trade. That, that, <clears throat> that's not what this is about. This is about having a good time trolling and trying to get noticed. So what made these posts from this, uh, this account that was initially completely anonymous and then after a couple of days or maybe a week started calling themselves Q Clearance Patriot. Uh, there, there is an actual Q Clearance. It's a Department of Energy term just means you read in on certain uh, classified information regarding nuclear power. It's really not that interesting. I know people have Q clearance. It's not like access to where <laughs> the Holy Grail is, but there was a, a feeling that like Trump's not doing what he said he was gonna do. There's gotta be something going on. Like something's, got, something's gotta happen. 
And the idea that Hillary Clinton was finally going to be brought to justice after 30 years of conspiracy theory. I mean, this is stuff that goes back to the early 90s. This is, you know, Rush Limbaugh and the, the Clinton crime family. This is, you know, mm. travel game, Whitewater. I mean, all this stuff that, you know, for a kid in, you know, for an 18 year old kid on the internet mm. in 2017, is like ancient history. But yeah. this was very powerful to a much older crowd. So very quickly, Q makes the jump from just some 4chan posts. And if it, if it had just stayed as 4chan posts, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. But it jumped to places like Reddit, it jumped to Twitter, it jumped to YouTube, and you started to see an industry of media coming up about decoding what these posts meant. So you have a, one of the big influencers I talk about mm. in the book is this guy praying medic. Um, this sort of big burly bald dude who claims to have divine healing powers. And he would post YouTube videos about prophetic dream analysis and like how to cure your, your diabetes with good thoughts and stuff like that. And he'd get like a thousand views. And then he starts talking about QAnon and he's getting hundreds of thousands of views. So automatically you have this conspiracy movement that is really good at telling people what they want to hear and what they want to be true, but is also really appealing to a demographic that doesn't go to 4chan, that doesn't hang out in places like that. And it's telling people a very specific thing about something these people have wanted to happen for a very long time. So psychologically, it's actually really well constructed. It's very durable. It plays out like a techno thriller. It feels like a Tom Clancy book or a Dan Brown novel. It's very compelling and alluring. And at the end of it, you get the thing that you've wanted to happen for decades. So you can really see why it took off. And, and the thing that you get at the end is the storm, correct? The Basically the massacre yes. of the, the deep state yes. and all of the bureaucracies. Yes. So, the, yeah. The legal purging of, of all these people. And Q makes a big deal out of that. Well, it has to be legal. It has to be done correctly. We have to have all the, all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed. And of course, that's why it never happens, because there's always one more hurdle. There's always one more thing that needs to fall into place, which is very similar to some of these prosperity scams that I'd written about before mm -hmm. QAnon, which is how I kind of figured out, oh, this could actually this could stick around for a while because it's a very similar structure, except the thing that you're getting is not a big financial windfall. It's Hillary Clinton's going to get hanged at dawn in Guantanamo Bay, and it's going to be the greatest thing ever. That's a different kind of windfall, but it's a windfall nonetheless. Well, wait, can you talk about wait the prosperity scams? That sounds sure. interesting. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, you, I, you, you've done so much great work. I was <laughs> reading your articles. I'm like, there is too much I, I want sure. to talk to you. But yeah. What, what are the, what's a prosperity scam? So a prosperity scam is, it's also called affinity fraud. It's when a trusted person in your community brings a, a can't miss investment to you. And it turns out they're scamming. Mm. So the, this, these are very popular in minority communities, uh, expatriate communities, where somebody who is part of this community, you know, is part, you know, speaks the language, understands the customs, but is also a, a stone cold fraudster. So there was a, an affinity fraud that started in the early 90s in downstate Illinois, it's called Omega. And it was this guy who was very part of this very close knit Christian community in this town of Batoon, Illinois, downstate. And he starts talking about how he has access to what he calls prime European banknotes. 
Uh, he's one of six people in the world who knows what these are and has access to them. And he's going to help his friends and his church make huge amounts of money off of this. And suddenly all this money starts flooding into Mattoon, Illinois. People are driving around in hundred year old cars. They're building mega mansions. There are stories of people like toting sacks of cash around that are so heavy. They rip when you pick them up. This is all a scam. This guy, uh, his name's Clyde Hood. He's like a small time grifter, bar bouncer. It finds this thing, makes wow. a huge amount of money off it. Everybody in his circle gets indicted. They all go to prison. All of this stuff gets confiscated. So there's someone who's in his circle, who's invested in this Omega Trust. Her name is Shaney Goodwin. She reinvents herself by calling herself Dove of Oneness. She's living in a trailer park in Yelm, Washington. Now, Yelm is this like new age hotbed. It's where the Ramtha cult is. All kinds of sort of new agey, fraudy <laughs> stuff is going on there. She starts saying that she is not only plugged into Omega, she's plugged into this other thing called Nasara. And this is another real economic proposal. It's a very long story, but this guy printed up this economic proposal that was going to do away with income tax and debt and, and like everybody was going to be on a level playing field. She takes this and turns it into this pie in the sky uh, prosperity program where the federal government was going to release trillions of dollars to the people at just the right time. And there's like angels and demons and aliens and 9-11 uh, happens to stop the release of the prosperity money. Uh, that's where the, the papers wow. are being stored on the 97th floor of the Twin Towers. The first 9-11 conspiracy theory is dove of oneness, saying that the planes were sent to destroy all of the Nassara paperwork. This goes on for years. It's actually still going. There are people who still believe that Nassara is going to happen. So some of the Nassara people eventually start gets, getting sucked into QAnon because it's very similar. It's the all-knowing guru, the great event, there's always something that's about to happen. But with something like Omega or Nasara, you're committing fraud. You're, you're telling people that a great investment is going to pay off for them if you give them enough money. There's nothing inherently fraudulent with QAnon. So you can keep Q right. going indefinitely by just promising that awesome stuff is going to happen, but it's not financially based. So it's all a kind of a ladder that leads from one scam, the next scam, and then you get to Q, and then Q will lead to the next thing and the next thing. Wow. That's so an extremely long-winded explanation. <laughs> no, that, that's fantastic. And I think that that reminded me a bit of, I, you know, I heard about the Nasara conspiracies on actually the Alex Jones Infowars. Sure. He talked about that a lot. And what I learned is that he actually, the way he accumulated over $150 million from selling testosterone boosters right. from protein powder from you know man basically yeah. targeted at young men yeah so that's how he kept the empire and how he keeps the empire going so this kind of brings me to the next thing about QAnon is I thought it just targeted young men you know to, to get them maybe on this medication and this, mm -hmm. this ferris wheel of what you'd call a prosperity scam but sure you said it also appeals to baby boomers and yes. and and yoga moms I I, how did, how? I know, I know it's mind blowing. It's it, people who would what? never vote for Trump, who would never listen to Alex Jones, who would never share an anti-Semitic meme, who, who think that they're totally above all that. But a lot of these sort of older conservative Americans, you know, they're, they're kind of cut off from their families and friends. A lot of them are retired. Their kids are out of the house. They're, you know, they don't, they don't have much to do. 
and you're looking around for the reasons why maybe your life didn't go in the way that you wanted it to go. Somebody kept you down. Somebody made sure that you didn't prosper. And when you connect that with this kind of decades old deep-seated hatred of the Clintons, and then you fast forward a little bit to Obama, and you know, Obama was really the president who broke all this stuff open into the mainstream. I mean, you had these openly racist conspiracy theories about his birth certificate, whether he's mm-hmm. a secret Muslim, and a lot of these people started to get into that stuff. And Q really appeals to a lot of those same people. So these are people who would never go on 4chan, but maybe they kind of like Alex Jones. Oh, they'll watch Infowars. Like, oh, he kind of says some of this stuff that, that, you know, I've been thinking for a long time. And in December of 2017, two of the big early Q evangelists went on Infowars and they made a pitch mm-hmm. for retired uh, Americans with military experience to join the fight against the deep state and help decode these posts. So you had an influx of older Americans who are already um, not very good at discerning truth from fiction on the internet. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of studies that say boomers are much more prone to sharing fake news stories on Facebook, um, for, you know, falling into some of these scams. So these are people who are really kind of primed for this, They're not like 4chan edgelord people, but they, they mm-hmm. like, they're, they're into conservative politics and they like Alex Jones, they like stuff like that. And then during the pandemic, it jumps to that other side because you have the same thing. You have people who are forced inside. A lot of them have lost their jobs or don't really have a a, a work routine from working at home, cut off from your friend groups, cut off from your church groups. Um, you're, You're isolated and you're alone and you're trying to figure out what the hell just happened and who is to blame for it. Who did this to us? And movements like QAnon are perfect for answering those questions, especially when you're already kind of into some fringy new age alternative medicine stuff. So if you are anti-5G, if you're anti-vaccine, if you're anti-Bill Gates, you join a Facebook group about one of those things and it starts pushing you toward QAnon. It starts pushing you toward save the children because it's the algorithm saying, hey, you like this, you'll like that. So Mm -hmm. very quickly, you have this merging of all these different worlds to form a vast conspiracy theory where everything is on the table. You just pick and choose the parts of it that you like the most. Yeah, it seems the algorithms are very, well, it's all about keeping you on the platform as long as possible. And I'm always very angry about the ethic. There's no ethics behind any of it. And it requires, you know, I had a a cult expert on the, the podcast about like two weeks ago, and he talked about how we need to be smart, very smart consumers or yes. you, you will fall prey to this sort of, and especially like what you were just saying, they need someone to blame, especially during the pandemic. Well, again, I just want to say like that, that, that's kind of the same after, you know, after the first world war in Germany, mm-hmm. the economy, the atomization of society, it draws the same sort of right. in the economy. They say, we need to blame someone. Right. There comes Adolf Hitler. So is this movement that, you know, the storm is upon us. Is this uh, just the same old conspiracy wrapped in a new QAnon label or, or is this a new or is this just something humans are constantly drawn into conspiracies when when things aren't going their way in life it's definitely a repackaging of very durable conspiracy tropes you know you talk about the end of the first world war and the idea that it was the jews who betrayed us you know the, the german fighting man never lost a battle no allied soldier ever right. set foot on on our soil they you know they stabbed us in the back and then you, you keep repeating that over and over and over again. And something like Q works very much the same. 
you know, here are the people who did this to you. Here are the people who want to inject you with vaccines that don't work, who stole our election, who bombarded us with satanic imagery. And they've been getting away with it decade after decade, century after century. And now we finally stop it. And Trump is the outsider who can stop it. So you have very uh, well-worn, very, uh, very you know, useful conspiracy tropes that have worked over and over and over again. But Trump is the guy to execute that. So you had sort of the right kind of movement with the right figurehead distributed in the right kind of way. It was a combination that really feels very novel, but the parts of it are very old. They're very, and I, and just to, to Trump really quickly, I, I, you said in 2017, he dropped a, a note saying the storm is coming, right? The storm is coming. And without, that, that's, told, yeah. Without knowing yeah, that was what that. he was saying. I, yeah, is it, he had no idea. Is it pop? So I, th- I think Donald Trump though is a bit more like nefarious and s- not smart as an intellectual, but he knows how to get to power and he knows how to rile up the uh, bait and connect with these sorts of people very well. Was this so? Was the, are you saying is Donald Trump essentially used as a tool in this movement, or was he very conscious about you know how this is going to help catapult me into power? You know, it's, it's hard, al- hard to decipher, really. Yeah, it's it's always hard to tell what he's thinking. And I, I try not to, um, because who the hell knows and certainly not him. Um, my, my general impression, I think a lot of the people who do this work is that this, you know, calm before the storm remark was just like stuff. I mean, he's just, he talks, he says things that have no relation to reality, but if you are looking to have a good time on 4chan and you already love Trump, you Trump's your guy, Trump's been your guy for years. You're going to mm-hmm. use him as this sort of central pivot of this movement that you can get some popularity, maybe start getting some merchandise out there, get some videos out there. But eventually, he he figures this out, or the people around him figure this out, and he mm-hmm. starts retweeting Q believers. Now, the the mechanism for how stuff on Twitter got in front of Trump is still very mysterious. You know, we don't quite know. Maybe he's just sort of surfing around, but he's you know he's famously tech illiterate but he's got a very sharp social media team around him. So yeah, my, my sort of impression, I don't know this for sure, but it makes a lot of sense, is that the people around him saw that this was starting to happen. And they're like, oh, let's get this in front. Of These people love it. You know, he can do no mm. wrong in their eyes. And he can throw stuff out there that most people are not going to understand. But these people who love him are going to go, yep, that's our, that's our guy. And he's not really doing anything that he said he was going to do, but he's going to at some point once the deep state leaves him alone. So I think he kind of figured out, hey, these people love me and I can use that. Yeah. And and seeing now that he, he's, he's uh, like, aside from him, I know you talked about how they're digital soldiers. They're, they refer to themselves yeah. as, as digital soldiers, these QAnon believers. Uh, but And instead of the movement dis- disappearing, I, I think, yeah, I think we're in agreement that that the like dissolving of QAnon is going to make these people say, we need to now take physical action and get offline yeah. as opposed to retreating back under their rocks, correct? Right. Is it is this, do you predict that this is going to get worse or is it been squashed? Oh, it's going to get worse. And I, and I think for a long time, Q really was an online movement there, you know, the people gathered in places like Twitter and Reddit and whatever, but you didn't have Q meetups, you know, a a Q gathering was like eight people at an Applebee's. 
they had a rally in DC in summer of 2019. I think 150 people were there and probably a third of them were journalists. So th this was not, uh, this was not a big on, this was an online movement. This wasn't people getting together, but, mm -hmm. but as the pandemic started to recede and you started to have these big conferences going on, then the Q people started coming out. And of course they went to the Trump rallies before that, but that's an event based around Trump. Now, practically every week, you've got one of these rallies going on, which is COVID is a hoax, election was stolen, cancel culture is coming for you, uh, border security, Second Amendment, uh, you know, Supreme Court, all right. of this stuff is all wrapped up together, and QAnon's a huge part of that. And th this is every week. Sometimes there are competing rallies in the same city in the same weekend. You know, Mike Flynn will speak at the one conference at three o'clock, then I'll pop over and speak at the other conference at six o'clock. So this is a movement that has found strength getting together offline. And what we're now seeing is this, this tidal wave of anger being directed at federal law enforcement for what's going on with Trump. You know, the, this FBI search of Mar-a-Lago has really galvanized a lot of these people. And my fear is that we could see another version of the storm if Trump is indicted. I, I think a Trump indictment is going to activate a lot of people to go, we got to stop this. We, you know, we have to put an end to this, the, you know, time for talking is done. Now the time for action. And you have a sort of a movement full of uh, potential Timothy McVeigh's, you know, if it gets as bad as it could. Wow, there's the big, there's the big conundrum that, that, and I'm sure they're, you know, they're thinking about that accounting for that with their decision if they indict or not because on the on the one hand if you don't indict him then he can continue to, to right. spew off to millions of followers uh there i think that it, you kind of have to squash these movements head on and and yeah. there will as as in the you know the daniel day lewis there will be blood yeah but but there will be arrests too because if it manifests to violence but you're right the timothy mcveigh was it was he was also spawned on the same uh conspiracy that the government's trying to take away yeah. our guns yeah so yeah. here we are again they're saying the same so that, that's what's it's just interesting to me this uh we're, we're kind of rehashing the same conspiracies over and over throughout humanity and there just doesn't seem to be a there's no way to stop this without indictments or the shutdown of the internet like is that another right. is that another solution or i mean we're never gonna we're gonna only gonna go deeper into the internet right right i mean that's the thing is you can't shut down the internet we all i mean we depend <laughs> on the internet for everything we do and what what is uh what's so interesting about these movements is that they are really good at adapting to new technology you know the earliest days of the internet saw conspiracy theorists gathering on Usenet and you know BBSs and, and Yahoo groups, and mm -hmm. before that it was you know shortwave radio, and then they would print their own pamphlets. So this stuff has always been with us, and in particular this idea, this very right wing idea of a sort of leftist Jewish Bolshevik you know, super government of insiders, the new world order, the trilateral commission, you call it a million different names. It's always been the same kind of thing that there's a, there's a pyramid and at the top of it are this small group of controllers who, who dictate everything in our lives. And that's always gonna be with us because we're always kind of paranoid about power and about the idea that someone is getting one over on us and that you know, somebody's yeah. exploiting us and we're just giving it a different name this week. So, you know, unfortunately this is human nature. This is the way we are wired to seek 
order in chaos, to seek patterns in noise. And there are people who are very good at exploiting that and very good at monetizing that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I just, I wanted to, because I fell into, I saw, I was reading one of your other articles on the daily dot. I think you Mm -hmm. maybe put it out uh, two months ago and so about David Ike. Yeah. And so I was actually a read, I I fell into his sort of videos for a little, maybe a three week period Mm -hmm. of time Yeah. where where I was like, I was like, oh my God, this reptilian conspiracy, this is great. Like I'm a big alien fan, alien believer. But then I got to a video where he said something very anti-Semitic about, about I think, Jewish people starting the World War II. Or, yes. He said something and, and then it snapped me out. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, my God. I said, what have I been? Have I been listening to just like a neo-Nazi? And then it, and it hit me, too. I'm like, well, so they lured me in through reptilian talk and aliens. And now here I am. Uh, if I was in a more vulnerable place, I could begin to me, me as a Jewish person begin mm-hmm. to to start worshiping a guy who is a Holocaust denier. So, yep. how is I'm just curious, how does the reptilian fall into this sort of the the anti-Semitic conspiracy? Because I I didn't see that, and then you connected the dots so well. Yeah. So David Ike, I mean, he's a he's really one of the godfathers of that kind of thing. And you you're exposed to him at first, and you're like, oh, he's kind of a buffoon. He's kind of an idiot. Yeah. And, turquoise shirts and screaming about you know rise up but you you find that one thing and we go oh that's kind of interesting and Mm -hmm. and you start to watch more videos and the videos are really well done and you keep going and going and going and there's so much content with these guys that you never run out and i mean good for you for hearing that one thing and going nope i'm done i'm out not this not for me and a lot of people do not you know they hear that and they go oh okay because it, mm-hmm. it ties in with the stuff that you've been hearing about Jews running finance, running the media, running the government, the reptilian thing, you know, reptiles and sort of reptoid aliens have been a part of popular culture for a long time. You know, you go back to the Conan the Barbarian stories, you go to uh, mm-hmm. something like the, you know, the miniseries with the, you know, the humans and they pull their blizzard masks off. <laughs> uh, but I kind of transformed it into they're controlling our world. They're, they're this bloodline of, uh, royalty is actually infused with lizard D- lizard DNA, and they're fighting this other alien faction. They're using us as cattle in their war, and mm-hmm. it's 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 very complicated. You know, the more details you load onto a conspiracy theory, the more the more um, plausible it sounds. Right. So he he turns this into a mythology, and it's and it's sort of interesting, and it's kind of fun, and it's really bizarre. And you start digging in, you see a video of like a grainy Queen Elizabeth, like, tw- you know, twisting her head and her <laughs> eyes like go flicker a bit. And you go, oh, what? Wait a minute. I think David, I may be right about her. And and you yeah. don't mean to do it. Nobody sits down and goes, I am going to turn myself into an anti-Semite today. That's just <laughs> not how it goes. I mean, the, the, that phrase, like nobody joins a cult. You join a movement full of people who you know, or saying things you believe in are now your new friends. And then the cult stuff comes later. So Ike yeah. and the people like that, they're really good at easing you into this stuff. And then by the time the really, really dark stuff hits you, it, it just doesn't register that it's any weirder than the stuff that you've already seen before. Yes, that that's the, so that's the whole trick with uh, the, the, both the QAnon and the reptilian. They're very, very, they're genius marketers. Yeah of also offering you free content yeah. and it's so easy to watch. And then they can indoctrinate you to start believing things that are go against your own like true core ideological belief yeah. systems. 
So th- that to me is fascinating. And at the same time, disturbing because, well, at the, you know, at, at a certain point, like it, it conspiracy turns to real life violence as we've yeah. seen throughout history. So, and, and here, here we are again, there, there's 20%, like I'll just go, go back to that statistic. And I, I just, I'm, I'm curious from your, as you continue to investigate this, you know, throughout your book and the movement still going on. Yeah. Um, I, what, what I'm trying to ask is how do you, how do you see this throughout history? They, these movements die down, then they rise back up into violence. And I still don't think in America, we have reached the moment of, of apex, like even January 6th to me, it wasn't the end. That wasn't the big moment. So yeah, like you're saying, maybe you've already said it, but you see there's a, is there a, is the storm, is the storm coming or is it past? Well, I think it's, it's definitely still coming. And, and you're right that these movements are cyclical. Um, they, they're, this kind of sort of anti-government, anti-federal law enforcement fervor, it, it, it comes up and it dies down. You know, it, it was bad during the Clinton years. Um, and then it wasn't so bad during the George W. Bush years. And then it comes back during the Obama years. And some of it depends on who the president is. Some mm-hmm. of it just depends on sort of social trends at the time. But I think right now we're in a really, really dangerous movement or a really, really dangerous time in this movement because so many of these people have transitioned from this being a conspiracy theory that they're just interested in to this is their life. And it's not necessarily even Q. It's, you know, a lot of these people will say, I'm not one of those crazy Q people. I don't think Hillary Clinton drinks the blood of babies during occult rituals. Mm -hmm. I just think that the federal government is persecuting Donald Trump. And if the time comes, I'm going to do something about it. So it's, yeah. it's that every single person who is plugged into one of these extremist movements is a potential insurgent. You just don't know who they are. And that's one of the things that makes parsing out a lot of this social media so difficult. You never know whether somebody is just ranting or venting or whether they're, you know, they're kind of a violent, unstable person, or and but they're not going to do anything about it. But then there's mm-hmm. that one who's like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm going in. Um, you know, we saw that with the FBI guy, the guy who attacked the FBI headquarters in Cincinnati. Right. You know, had a had a Twitter account full of conspiracy theories. Then he went on Truth Social, and he's saying really, really oh, violent, yeah. bloodlusty kind of stuff, stuff that should get you banned and you know, pre- you know, ideally a welfare check. For the police, but yeah. on a place like that, you just you just don't know, and especially when you have a more quote free speech environment where anything goes, you have no idea what's real and what's not. So it's it's a sort of a low level insurgency where you never know who the actual enemy is, and it's it's very frustrating and it's very dangerous. And I can see for law enforcement, it's really difficult to deal with that. And the more you push back on them, the more you push back on this hate speech, the more it actually fuels their movement to believe that there's something called, you know, techno censorship, right? right. They, they're, now they're the vi- techno victimhood, right. is what it's called. They right. feel even now not only victimized by the government in real life, but online as well. So yeah. Yeah. It, just, it pushes you to a breaking point. Now, there, there is a certain element of what's so interesting about these movements is that, you know, there's a, let's say something like the Oxycontin, you know, I I watched dope sick and I saw the FDA Mm -hmm. uh, labeling. uh, They created a new label for Oxycontin called, you know, less addictive. 
Yes. And this, and this led to, you know, millions being addicted. So right. in a certain sense, the FDA there was proven a bit cor- corrupt with, with their labeling. Right. And they use, so they use these events to help. And you can't argue with some of the, the points, but then, so is there, there's no truth to any of these statements, but they do, there is kernels of like, they're tapping into popular beliefs about government as well. So right. it's just hard to disprove this stuff. Right. It's, it's hard to disprove it because of course the burden is not on me to disprove it. The burden is on the believer to prove it, but they don't, mm-hmm. they don't see themselves that way. They, they, they think the burden of proof lies with everybody else and that they are the correct ones. And of course, one of the things that I get all the time is, oh, so you don't believe that conspiracies are real? No, there are real conspiracies. Like the mm-hmm. whole thing with the FDA, that's exactly it. You know, the cigarette companies uh, saying, oh, tobacco doesn't hurt you. Tobacco doesn't cause cancer. They all conspire to do that. You know, con- you know, conspiracies involving assassinations, political attempts, uh, you know, mm-hmm. smear campaigns, that stuff's all real. And, you know, somebody's going to say, oh, you trust the government completely? Of course not. I don't trust the government completely. I don't trust finance industry completely. No one, no one should. You know that kind of blanket trust is not uh, is not earned. But it's it's thinking that everyone's out to get me. Everyone's trying to destroy me. They're being financed by a, a higher up group of uh, cabalists who who are controlling the world. They're poisoning us. Then they're selling us cures. They're suppressing free energy. You know, mm-hmm. we would have a beautiful world if not for these people. And these people have taken many forms, you know, Catholics, Freemasons, Jews, you know, the, the Bilderberg group, the Democrats, Obama, Soros. There's always somebody who's going to be doing better than you and who you think is going to have more power over you and you want to fight back. And movements like Q and militia movements, extremist movements, they give you ways to push back at the people who you are being told are keeping you down. Well, and that's why I think it's very important uh, that we continue to uphold the truth, especially in this time where disinformation and the truth are very hard to disseminate yeah. between. And so I really appreciate your, your journalism and, mm-hmm. and your book, the storm is upon us because it's it's more of a not to get into biblical terms but it feels more like a prophecy and we got well, we got to be on the lookout yeah, for it yeah and prophecy is powerful you know prophecy has a real power over people and people don't want to give them up and that's why people don't leave movements like you because the, the the next victory is always just around the corner and if you walk away now well then you wasted all your time and mm-hmm. it was all for nothing and of course with something like you You've probably alienated your friends, your family. You don't have anywhere else to go. You just have these people who are on the same journey with you. And it doesn't matter at a certain point if the prophecies fail, if you're being lied to all the time, you just stick with it because it, it, it has to come true. And, and it leads you nowhere. It leads you to just a life of misery. Yeah, it's, you're pot committed. Like in yep, poker, you, that's you, right. know, you, you know you should fold, but you yep. can't. That you, you've just put too many chips in already. You've just got to see how it plays out. <sighs> Man, well, I, I'm curious. I, well, maybe more people will walk away, but hopefully more don't fall into the trap. But it, again, uh, we'll, we'll keep staying on this. So, <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for coming Absolutely. on today. I, you blew my mind. Okay, well, that, thank you for having me. I really, I really appreciate it. Yeah, all right. Take care. Yeah, you too. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show. 
help spread the word about uncovering the truth by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and as always, I will continue to uncover the truth. The Uncovering the Truth theme song was created and produced by Pokari.